Welcome back, Butterfly and Emerging Butterflies. It's none other than me, Emerging Z. It is Thursday. You know what that means. It is time for an uncomfortable conversation. Where? Right here on Vegas Hype Media. Um, per usual, I'm going to start by thanking all of my new subscribers and those of you that are going to subscribe today. Thank you and welcome. Um, I appreciate all of you that tuned in last week and those of you that didn't, that's going to watch it this week on my channel. Um, I want to thank my guest, David Clora. Um, he shared his views on Memorial Day. Uh, that also led into an uncomfortable conversation as it relates to domestic violence, um, which he suffered, you know, as a youth and what kind of directed him into the military as we are coming up on Memorial's Day. So that was our way of celebrating and recognizing those that have served or members that have lost their lives, um, throughout their time. I'm super excited today, though. I am not talking about drugs today. I am not talking about uh, domestic violence or Memorial Day. I'm super excited because it's May, right? And what happens in May? It is graduation time. May is graduation time. So all of the college, high school graduates, uh, anybody that's being promoted, if you're at a trade school, I just want to say congratulations to each and every one of you. It is a journey, but one that you have conquered at this point. You didn't survive. You conquered that. You did that. So I want to say congratulations and shout out to all of you beautiful, amazing people that have trans 
transformed into your new butterfly selves. So this episode is dedicated to all of you, right? And as we move into this week's guest, I want us to always keep in mind and remember that sharing your story, it is your story, and there should never be any judgment from anyone else. So I ask that you receive today's guest with an open heart and an open mind, right? And allow them to speak their truth and receive their truth, whatever that truth is, without judgment, okay? They should be able to come here and relinquish all shame and guilt in sharing their stories in a tranquil, peaceful place. That's what this Uncomfortable Conversations is for. All right, so my guest today is a first-generation, debt-free graduate. And I'm going to say that again because I don't even think y'all understand the significance of the first generation, right? And the fact that they are debt-free. I don't know about y'all. I got a whole master's, and I owe the government about uh, 120, 40-something thousand-odd dollars, So it is beyond a huge accomplishment to graduate first in your generation for your family, right? But to also do that debt-free. That means that you're not in debt and your family isn't in debt. It doesn't get any bigger than that. So I want to introduce you all to an amazing young woman, Miss Nyla Bands. Welcome! (laughs) That's not her last name, (laughs) y'all. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks for that lovely introduction, Ms. Zakia. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Again, like I said, Nyla is, her last name is actually, say it for me, Adul? Addo. Addo. Nyla Addo. Nyla Addo. And where are you from, Nyla? Where's your family from? Let's start there. My family's from Ghana. Both of my parents were born and raised in Ghana and then came here to have me in Florida and then my brother in Livingston, New Jersey. Cool. Okay. So you are an American, right? But you are a first generation graduate in your family. Coming from Ghana, please help the people understand how huge that is like just the accomplishment of graduating we're not even gonna talk about the debt at this point but first i'm just gonna say my name is nyla addo i'm a graduate from the college of new jersey with a major in accounting and a minor in information systems and i will be working for a big four accounting firm in july doing real estate evaluation so okay yeah but (laughs) i love it i was gonna get into that but i mean just go ahead and you tell it your way you know But yeah, um, both of my parents being from Ghana, uh, they didn't really, my dad knew English because he used to play like soccer here, but my mom kind of had to like learn English on her own, which took a lot of time. Um, But she knew that she just wanted a better future for me and my brother, um, just better than how they grew up. So they thought bringing us to America would have given us like a better opportunity. You know, parents always want the best for their kids, but I didn't know the journey that I had ahead of me um, cause my family's never walked down like this path, you know, right. so in America, public school system. You're a trailblazer. Then, yeah. Right? You, you laid all of this groundwork and you have a brother that's coming up behind you and has to, 
these are some big shoes to fill. Being the first to ever do it is huge. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and no, we appreciate what you've done. Your mom and I. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, you have known me from the start. You yeah. I've, this is a personal relationship, but we're not going to go into all of that. Anyway, the fact that you just graduated, right? And you just threw out something else that was really huge. Not a lot of graduates graduate and, one, have a job or go into a job, let alone work in their own field that they actually studied it. What is that like? How did you how did you accomplish that? Don't even tell me what it's like. How did you do that? What did you do? I mean, when I first went to college, you got to think about like what is the purpose of me going to college right now? And the purpose is to get a job. Is that what I want to do? I don't know yet. But that's what I'm here for. I feel like this is going to be a hot take, but college breeds employees. But, you know, you need a starting point. You need a starting point. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I know that my GPA was important. So while the accounting classes didn't pick up in the beginning, um, I tried to take my time to get good grades so I can have that GPA. So I was applying to accounting firms my freshman year. And at that point, wait like I didn't minute, take my first semester serious. Wait a minute. So wait a minute, Nyla. You said you were applying to accounting firms. Like, where did you even get that idea from, like, to start oh, applying? How did you know about internships? I know a lot of people that have gone to college and they tell me, oh, you know, it was a struggle. I couldn't find a job. I didn't know anything about where did you get this information from? Like who was telling you or did somebody oh, tell you? Yeah, um, I was part of an organization on campus. It was called National Association of Black Accountants. Mm. So freshman year, they took me to a conference um, fully paid for. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but it was a lot of like a networking event, um, people asking you questions about what you want to do, people trying to get to know you. Some were like interviews on the spot. You were in like sessions all day talking about professional development. Um, and then I realized that showed me that the next step from here is to grow professionally and you grow professionally so you can get an internship. What so does you can that get mean? A job what does like that, that mean? Because to some people, that's just like a word. Okay, grow professionally. But what do you mean exactly? That was that was big for me because I did. I didn't. I didn't really know what that meant. You know what I mean? I, I'm from Union, New Jersey. Um, my school is very diverse. You're from Boston, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, <laughs> and like. When you're in college, like, I'm talking how I talk. I didn't know what code switching was. I didn't know what an elevator pitch was. I didn't know, like, how to do my resume and stuff like that. And I realized that that's really important to your future. Um, so, and that organization I'm, taught I'm, me that. I'm going to go back. Okay, so the organization, that was the first time you ever heard of code switching, elevator pitch, resume. Yeah, and it took me a time to even put myself out there to find an organization that was, like, what are the chances, like, me being a black accounting major, and there was only two in my year at the time, to that what? they had a whole little organization to what? for black accounting black accounting majors out of, like, 80. There was only, you like, went, two of You us. went to what school again? The College of New Jersey. And there's roughly how many people there? Maybe, like, roughly, I would say, like, maybe, like, 6,000. It's not a very big school. 6,000 is not big. Okay. It's big to me. But you said there is exactly how many 
black accounting majors when you went? There was two when I was a freshman. Is that including you? Yes. How many of you actually graduated on time this year? Last, what is it, two weeks ago you graduated? A week ago? Mm-hmm. It was maybe about like 60 of us. 60? Out of, and we started with like maybe like. Wait, you saying 60 to graduates total? In accounting. In accounting. How many black accountings? Accountants. I was the only black accountant to graduate in four years. That's dope. I'm super excited and proud for you. Um, again, I know what Making that, that was really big for me, being the only like black person in all of my classes, you know, with um, all white or like Asian counterparts mm-hmm. um, who were already like friends with each other at the time. So they had each other to help them out. So um, that's what led me to this organization when I realized, oh, there is like one or two people that look like me that are doing the same thing, although they are like in years above me. Right, because um, I was going to so ask you, like, what me. does that look like um, for you? Like, how how much of a struggle was that for you to be the only person that looked like you, you know, felt like, I mean, you would feel isolated, I think, personally. How, yeah. did, how were you able to yeah. make it through, push through that? Uh, God. Um, <laughs> um, and COVID also played a really big part in, like, that isolation but how did I push through advisors support like having that little community um, with NABA National Association of Black Accountants Um, and then also just going to my advisors in like little time like I remember at a group for um, my IT and they said we had to make groups and everybody had already like made their groups and I was just kind of there like can I, can I join? Like I went to the person next to me. I was like, so can I join your group? And he was like, oh, we have someone else coming. Um, she's not here today, but. <laughs> she's not I, here. You can't join in. She's not here, but you can't. Yeah. And I was just like, I actually cried that day. I did because I was just um, like, I hate having to like go out of my way to like, and like, this is a grade, you know? And it's like, it feels like nobody wants me in their group, but like imposter syndrome was big. Um, Talk it's about a imposter syndrome that. really quick for me because I don't think that everyone that's watching actually knows what imposter syndrome is. Share your version it's, of imposter syndrome, please. For me, imposter syndrome is feeling like you don't deserve to be in that space. Like you don't, you don't feel like you're like you're there, but like maybe it was by chance or maybe it was by luck. Like so, you felt like you was fronting for yourself. Like yeah. I'm like, not really supposed like, to be I'm here. here, but like I don't think I'm really supposed to be here, like in these spaces. Like, am I really meant to succeed in these spaces? You know what I mean? That's what it felt like to me. Did it make you want to quit? It did, but like there was just something in the back of my mind. Like I always kept my family and stuff in the back of my mind. Like it's gonna be a hard, but like after that day, I went to go cry, and then I emailed the professor. I said, hey, professor, can you just put me in a group because me trying to make my own group is not working out. You know, like, so shout out to my advisors that, like, my EOF advisors that helped me to, like, push me out my comfort zone, continuously pushing me out my comfort zone to do things that I didn't like to do, but I had to do because you needed a group for the project. You can't do right. it by yourself. That's just what it is. We have to be uncomfortable, comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Being it's able hard. to have those conversations, being able to swallow all of our pride. Lord knows we carry some pride with us, right? And our big egos. And it's like, 
I need this. This is the only way. And you did that. By yourself, yeah. might I add. By yourself. And I say by yourself, again, because you were the only one like you going through what you were going through in that moment. Yeah. I, I want to talk about your personal network, your friends outside of college because you were there by yourself. Did you have any friends that you graduated high school with that ended up going to the same college as you or any other college at all? Um, I have one friend, excuse me, from Union that ended up going to the same school as me, but she was in public health. And so like our schedules or paths like never really crossed like that. Um, until junior year when I joined this business frat and she happened to be in the business frat. Yeah. Um, and then I have a really, really excited about that conversation. I'm, yeah. Because, yeah. I joined the business frat junior year post COVID to like step out of my comfort zone and like to network with people that I wouldn't have networked with otherwise. So yeah, I did like this process to join Alpha Kappa Psi. Um, you know, and most of the things on campus are predominantly white, but being a part of this business frat kind of gives you those connections that you didn't really know you needed just because you're a part of this same organization. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I stepped out of my comfort zone to do just because like it could possibly help me uh, somewhere in the long run. Somewhere and I have made some um, good friends from it, so. Right, so you said you were in school during COVID what was that like? Did your, they close your school completely down? Did you have to go back home? Was everything online? What did that turn into for you? So COVID happened my freshman year, post-spring break. They were like, uh -huh. you go to spring break, don't come back. <laughs> yeah, like this is getting too deep. Like, you know, come get your stuff, finish the rest of the semester online. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that? That's what you got? <laughs> I mean, it was it was a pandemic going on, you know, there's only so people were dying. Right, <laughs> so right. like there's only so much they could really do in that situation. Then the next semester, sophomore spring, it was also online. I was at home. I won't forget that either because my laptop like croaked on me. So like it like kept shutting off every time I open a program uh -huh. and I needed to do a project. So then I had to go and buy a new laptop like the next day to do this project, to do that on time. And then sophomore spring i went back to campus even though all of my classes were online so i did like all of my classes online in my dorm room and i had a job with pandemic unemployment that was also online so when i tell you i was just wait a minute you in, had a like, job with pandemic for... unemployment yeah so i had a, a virtual job uh during covid uh where i would it was the new york department of labor where I would help um, people get their plan pandemic unemployment, like, checks okay. that they were giving out, basically. Right. So, like, I was always on the phone, like, how can I help you today? Hi, my name is Nala Ada. <laughs> you know? They tell me what they got going on. I'm going to see if I can figure out what the problem is, like, what's the hold up on their money. So I would do that in between my classes. Okay. Um, and that ended at four every day. That's so, really like, just imagine interesting. me in this room by myself, wake up, take my class, get out of class, hop on work, like all in my bed, because I didn't even have the energy to get up at this point because everything I'm doing is on my laptop, you know? So you're just rolling over into the office? Yeah. 
for like weeks on weeks. And let me tell you, that could take a toll. That could take a toll on on your mental. In what aspect? Um, I also picked up some bad habits during that time. Um, to just cope with the like the isolation, the loneliness, the like lack of contact. Um, bad habits. What are bad marijuana, habits? Marijuana, cannabis. Okay. Quite frequently, but I realized it was a distraction. I mean, later down the line, you know, I used to say it's just for stress. You know, it's just a pastime. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now I do not smoke anymore. I no judgment and no questions I being asked. I didn't want to take that with me outside of college, but that's just that's just my personal story. Um, and then junior year was the worst year by far because that's when they brought everything back in person. They went from like online exams, online classes to my hardest accounting year, two accounting classes a semester, all account all exams in person. When I've been when I've been taking exams online for like a year and some change. They said, all right, your hardest year, you got to learn how to study again because you haven't been studying to go and take these exams and you have to pass or you're going to stay back a whole year. Were you cheating? Were you using the Internet for your answers? Is that why you weren't studying? Um, During COVID, who wasn't? Who oh, was it, though? I'm just asking. I don't yeah, know. That, that, you know what I had to do? <laughs> they really tried to regulate it the best that they could. Right. So they had like... Um, lockdown browser so like you can't open up any other tabs and stuff like that so i'll go get my friend's laptop <laughs> i'll be like yo i, <laughs> I got damn <laughs> you know like help each other out and then i had a different class where like she wanted us to be on zoom so we have to look at her while right. we're taking the exams i had another yo they really tried they really tried their best but there's only so much you could do about yeah, I cheating. mean, where there's a will, there's All a way. You can always man. figure out a way to do something, especially when we know we're not supposed to do it. So I, I want to go back into the fact that, you know, you are debt-free. And you just graduated college. You do not owe the United States government any money. By his grace. But I worked really hard for that. I'm not I saying you didn't. Hard. But that's dope, first of all. Now tell us how you did it. (laughs) I'm sorry? Tell us how you did that. Okay, so being a first generation, I had a lot of like, I would say a little more opportunities, you know, to be that first in the family. So my mom was doing some research and she came across the EOF program. So it's like Educational Opportunity Fund. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have one in New Jersey. They have one at like all the schools in New Jersey, most of the schools that are public. Um, but they all have different ways that they do it. So like Rutgers will give you a certain amount of money to like help with your fees. This place would also give you a certain amount. But at the College of New Jersey, they had an incentive to pay for your first two years. Um, and then the next two years, if you maintain a good GPA, they'll give you some money back. So that was the best EOF program in the state at the time. Um, but I cried when I, my mom said I had to go there because not one person of color in sight. I said, mommy, this is my future. <laughs> I was like, mommy, you really doing this to me? It's your future, but your future paid for. Your mama knew something. I mean, yeah, she, she was thinking ahead. I was thinking for the moment. I, mean, I was thinking for myself. I was thinking for my, you know, four years. Like they say this is supposed to be the best four years of your life. It is. And I was fighting. 
It is. But look at how many people still paying for the best four years of their life because they didn't have a mom like your mom (laughs) to say, look, this is what we're doing. Yeah. If I go back and go to another school and do that whole thing, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because, like, this set me up the best for, like, my future. So. Right. I appreciate me for that. So. So my first two years, I had all my scholarships and stuff like that. So the EOF program, like, filled in the gap that I would need to, like, take loans out for the first two years. Um, and then the second two years, if I maintain, like, a 3.0, I would get, like, an extra 5000 And then I became an RA, and then RA covers housing. What is, what is an RA, honey? Then, you can't throw out a acronyms. Assistant, sorry, a residential <laughs> assistant. So, like, you work with the school and, like... My junior year, I was with freshmen. I was managing freshman floor. So, like, if they had any concerns or questions, like, I'm there to connect them to resources. Any problems, conflicts, I redirect you to who you're going to talk to about it. So, I was, like, a middleman. Um, okay. But the problem with that is that I don't get to be with my friends. Like, I'm I'm on a floor full of freshmen. Second Did you year. have friends there? Hmm? Did you have friends there? Yeah, I made a few friends. Okay. I, for me, friends friends has been a tricky thing that I've been trying to navigate since okay. high school. High school to now, trying to navigate who's your friend, who's not your friend. In what you sense, know? Would, when you say tricky to navigate, what do you? What exactly do you mean? Help people understand, because a lot of people use the word friend extremely loosely. Yeah, a lot. And I, I was one of those people. I was one of those people. I kind of just, like, always wanted to, like, just fit in, you know? So everybody was my friend. Like, I'm the type of person that I know a lot of people. I'm friends with a lot of pe- Friends. I know of a lot of people, you know? So then automatically it's just like, oh, that's my friend. That's my friend. But, you know, through COVID, COVID when you realize not a lot of people are reaching out and stuff like that, it's like, are those, were they really your friends? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You really got to... What do you really consider a friend? Um, and during COVID, I started therapy. Um, thank you to the friend that re- that recommended I should go to that because my school has free therapy. Um, so I've been in therapy ever since. That helped me navigate Shout out to that a friend. lot of things. That is a friend. Somebody that yeah, has that enough sense navigate, to say like, this is what you need to do. Yeah, and like when you have friendships, like they're not supposed to be a give or take. Like I'm gonna do this for you, so you're gonna do it. Like. I'm going to go here and I'm going to call you. When you go out, you got to call me. Or, like, if you need something, it's, it shouldn't be transactional. You know, oh, it should be, like, I genuinely about care about this person. This person is generally a good person. And if I needed them, they're reliable. Mm. You know what I mean? Navigating I that, let me tell you. <laughs> I didn't, I won't say that I left college with a lot of friends. Um, I knew a lot of people there. There's mm-hmm. no saying if I'll ever cross paths with them again. But I'm just proud of the support system I have now and the few friends that I did leave college with that I will stay in contact with. Absolutely. I know when we first got on, you said that you had a journal. You've been journaling. I did have a journal. I started that in therapy. He gave me a lot to think about. Okay. Did you want to share something from your journal from freshman year when you first got in? Ooh... All right. One thing I'll share because this is my this is my second journal that I'm at. So my first journal was downstairs. This is my most recent journal. But I remember when I first started journaling. Um. Side note: I don't want to throw this in there, but your daughter got me my first journal um, for my 20th birthday, and I didn't use it. But then I started therapy in April of 2021, 
And he was just like, so why do you do this, Nyla? Like, did you ever think about, like, how this could lead to this? And I was like, let me write that down. <laughs> you know, so I need a place to write it down. So that's when I got into journaling. And one of the first things um, during COVID, when I had that semester, like, on campus, the first thing I wrote down was it was hard for me to stay motivated in that time because there was no support. No one really knew what I was going through at that time. I was in deep in my bad habits, just trying to cope. Basically, I was just coping. Right. And he, he had to ask me the question, like, what are you doing this for? Like, why are you doing this kind of thing? And I was just like, I think it's just like, you know, to make my mom proud. You know, wow. like she she sacrificed a lot for me to be here. So then he was like, then you're not doing it for yourself. Yeah. And if you're not doing it for yourself, Don't make sense how are you going to find motivation to keep going? And I was like, that's deep. I never took the time to figure out why I was doing this. I never did. It was kind of just like mommy found this opportunity for me. Mommy worked so hard to to get me this opportunity to like, you know, she, you know, immigrant parents, let me tell you, they, they do the best that they can in their way. All parents um, do. All parents do. But with that statement and what you just said, we certainly work hard and we provide the opportunities that we obviously think and see our opportunities for our children. However, at the end of the day, had you stayed on that path without going to therapy, without receiving that trigger, what are you doing it for? There would have been a ton of resentment. Exactly. And anger and animosity, things that would have been built up. And, you know, you would have been excited about the opportunities that your parents afforded you, but it wasn't your journey because you didn't have control over it. You were doing it for someone else. It translates very different when you do it for you. It does. And let me tell you, when I started, I had to figure out the reason I was doing it for me. And it took me a long time to get there. I won't lie. It took me a long time. But like going through the internship, freshman year, I didn't get an internship because my GPA fell below like uh, 3.5. I need it. I'm going to cut you off. I'm sorry. Because I got one minute. Okay. What do you want to leave? the audience with today? Mm, Dang. Let's see. Let's see. Figure out why you do things and find a reason to do it for yourself. Um, You're stronger than you think. And when you're put in spaces, don't you're there for a reason. Everything's for a reason. Know that, trust that and believe that. Absolutely. Everything is for you and not against you. Thank you. I appreciate you being here, Miss Nyla. You are not going to hang up. Butterflies, emerging butterflies. Always, always remember to be honest with yourself. The journey starts with you and the way you decide to take it. But you have to be honest with yourself. Never do it for anyone else. It's always about you. That is Uncomfortable Conversation for this Thursday. I will see you guys next Thursday, same time, same place, right here on Uncomfortable Conversations and Vegas Hype Media with none other than me, Emergency. Thank you.